Hello, everybody, and welcome to another very special episode of Ignite Radio Live. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio for the Almighty. God is so good. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Lent's coming up. He's going to be, not I'm going to say he's going to be even better, (laughs) but it's a great season for us to absorb his goodness all the more. We can even... In a better way, acknowledge how good God is. How about that? So we invite you to go more deeply into this great adventure of marriage and family at ilovemyfamily.us, especially, as Greg mentioned, with Lent coming up. Commit the time right now to gather together as a family, as a couple, to talk and to pray. At ilovemyfamily.us, you'll find different tools to help you do this. Most focused on the upcoming Sunday readings with different questions and um, conversation starters, if you will, to go more deeply. Along with that, you'll find family fun questions, the daily questions, and if you want to see what that is, go check it out again at ilovemyfamily.us. A few short commercials here before we get to our wonderful guest, a new author, uh, president of Annunciation Radio, Dave Vacherez. He's written a new book about his tremendous experience with Mother Angelica. So um, before we get there, a few announcements. First, if you are a man and you're looking for a plan, you haven't landed on one yet for Lent, really encourage you to go to Pentecost365.us. Pentecost365. 65.us. And the, what makes this different from any other plan is we asked the question one year following Exodus 90, which is a fabulous program. The men involved asked the question, okay, what should we be doing? What can we be doing? Not as a special season, but if you will, fundamentally accepting grace outpoured on an everyday basis. So I might summarize it and say, what is, if you will, the bar of just ordinary men uh, every day receiving um, grace from God outpoured? You're going to find that at Pentecost365.us. Here in the Toledo area, we are gathering with some amazing men Thursday nights. And if you're in the Thursday, uh, in the area, we do have a few slots left. If you're in the Toledo area, please contact me, Greg, at MassImpact.us. And the cool thing is there's a counterpart that my wife is leading for women. So we are actually meeting Wednesdays uh, all through March. Um, and because of the different uh, schedules and such and the whole <laughs> craziness of motherhood mostly, um, we are actually offering two different sessions. One will be Wednesday mornings and one will be Wednesday evenings. So if that at all interests you to commit to during Lent, again, just to grow in prayer and reflection and fellowship um, Wednesday mornings from 9.30 to 11 or Wednesday nights, 7.30 to 9. Contact us, Greg, at MassImpact.us. Commercial number two. We are very grateful and in need of your support partnering with us in really this critical time of helping marriages and families really understand the dignity of their nature in God and to have a structure and support to live it. That's what you're doing and supporting us going now strong for over nine years, really impacting many, many people. So please partner with us and as a special benefit, if you will, for those who are monthly benefactors, Belief and Beverages Nights are now actually in our home, uh, period with fantastic speakers. The first one's coming up this week, Thursday. And uh, again, where can you find out more? Massimpact.us forward slash BNB. Massimpact.us forward slash BNB. And of course, you're going to see the partner tab right there. And we would like to give a shout out and an encouragement to the businesses who do support us 
and we ask you to support them. Just they have such high standards of professional excellence in building the kingdom. You can find this at massimpact.us forward slash kingdom. All in one payroll, Sherry Glenneman. Becoming gift, Andrew Reinhardt. Caruth Studio, Terry Langenderfer. Cronin Auto Family, Rich and Connie Cronin. Imago Day Video Productions, Greg Schleter. I know that guy. Mm. Interstate Commercial Glass, Walt Erickson. Isabel Financial Services, Dennis Isabel. MFC Products, Paul Miller. Resourcement, Jeffrey Barefoot. SJS Investment Services, Kevin Kelly. And Turning Point Chiropractic, Doctors Jeff and Rachel Elmore. Again, please support them as they support us. Go to massimpact.us forward slash kingdom. With no further ado, we are going to call our wonderful guest for tonight's program, Dave Vacherez. Thank you for calling Annunciation Radio. This is Dave. May I help you? Hi, Dave. This is Greg and Stephanie Schleter live. Hey, Greg and Stephanie, how are you? Good. Good. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you very much. Dave, we're always uh, so blessed by you, and we just want to um, definitely acknowledge the gift of Annunciation Radio, the Amen. blessing you've been to us. We've been doing this actually over seven years. And um, just uh, to everybody in our listening audience and our podcast audience, AnnunciationRadio.com, please check it out. Phenomenal programming and great leadership under the headship of this wonderful man, David, who now marks, I believe, your fourth year, right, this month? Yeah, just uh, had my fourth anniversary as... Uh as president of Annunciation Radio, heading into my fifth year. So, awesome. Um, Happy anniversary. A couple of those years interrupted with COVID. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but, uh, yes. But we've gotten some good things done thanks to the support of wonderful people like you guys and incredible programming that continues to come forward from you and from other partners. So, we're excited about what the future holds. So, Amen. So good. So, David, and for all who are listening, uh, we will put in the show notes a longer interview with David where he goes, does a deep dive into his history, his background. We're going to get some of that tonight also, but if you want to hear the longer story, please go there, check out those show notes. But just by way of overview, David, er, in early is um, looking at LinkedIn here, of course, but president of Relevant Radio from January 2001 to 2003 from the wonderful state of Wisconsin my beloved homeland. He was in Green Bay. I grew up in Oshkosh. So uh, just a great um, regard there. Then he was general manager for EWTN Radio from 2009 through 2016. And as we just indicated at the helm of Annunciation Radio for coming up on four years, going into year number five. And uh, David, just for our listeners, give us just a brief 411 on who is David Vacherez, wife, children, that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm married to a wonderful woman, Eileen. We share, we have five children and five, I'm sorry, six grandchildren. Awesome. Uh, our newest uh, grandbaby born, uh, about to celebrate his first birthday, actually, Judah, down in Tennessee. So, yeah, um, just filled uh, with blessings from start to finish, and it has been a life I never could have imagined, both from the family perspective, from the mini- ministry perspective, and a lot of that led from uh, my relationship beginning with Mother Angelica mm. starting in 1987. So it's been uh, <laughs> it's been it's been quite the ride, but definitely um, you know ups and downs as with any life. But I can't imagine a better life mm. uh, overall. So um, yeah, that is good. Not something I could have uh, scripted, but definitely wouldn't change one single word of the script at this point. 
Amen. Dave, you know that we love to uh, proclaim the scripture from Revelation. They defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb. We as Catholics know the power of the Holy Mass mm-hmm. and by the word of their testimony. And that's what we are looking forward to getting into a little more deeply. And again, the great witness that you give to that, even in that that little intro. Um, I would like to read. I'm a mom. I like to read. I'm a former teacher and a present <laughs> homeschooling teacher. So everybody sit back and let me read to you. Now, just the description of Dave's new book, as Greg said, Faith Over Fear, Lessons from My Life with Mother Angelica. And you can purchase this. I'm sure there are other places too, but go to AnnunciationRadio.com and it is um, the tab is on there if you would like to purchase it. One man's journey from a life filled with fear to a life of grace and mercy. With each turn of the page and through the telling of each story, you are invited to witness faith grow through ordinary and extraordinary circumstances and events. Follow along with Annunciation Radio President David Vacherez as he tells the story of his life and how it was impacted in particular way by the woman many consider to be a modern-day saint, Mm -hmm. Mother Angelica. You will be encouraged, inspired, and on occasion moved to laughter, (laughs) of course, because this is Dave Vacherez, as you read this fast-paced account of how God worked and continues to work in the soul of one of His children. We love stories. How powerful. I love that it's based in stories. And just want everybody, as you are listening, to be mindful that whether or not you actually get pen to paper or or communicate it, God is embedded in your story. God is embedded in your journey. And uh, all of our stories, every movie ever, you know, produced, every book ever written punctuates these movements of life, death, and resurrection. And they're always ongoing. It's the very nature of Christ. So I'm always grateful when people are actually moved to... uh, put pen to paper and actually, um, you know, communicate that reality. And I'm really eager to get a hold of this book. Dave, what was the impetus for actually getting that pen to paper? And how long did it take you? Yeah, well, it. I really was moved to write it about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mother Angelica was coming to um, the end of her life. And you know, my life had been so wrapped up in hers mm. uh, for so much of my own life. And um, I got to spend a little bit of time with her right before she died. And I thought, Beautiful. well, you know, not there were definitely other people who had that access to Mother over the years. But uh, to see the growth of EWTN and then EWTN Radio in particular uh, and to have been able to spend that time with her in ministry and really feel like a disciple of her, mm-hmm. that I was just taking the vision that the Lord had given to her, and I was able to participate in it very much, very much an errand. I was an errand. Many of the, you know, there were many people who were errand to Mother Angelica's Moses, but um, <laughs> um, I, in a, a very small way, I got to do that through Catholic Radio. And so I was moved to do it, and so I started. I started writing a couple of things about eight years ago. I wrote two or three chapters, and I just felt felt like I was supposed to write this book, but I just ran into an absolute block mm-hmm. on writing anything. I would sit down on occasion to try to write something, and it wasn't coming to me over and over again. It wasn't coming to me. And so now fast forward about a year ago, uh, I, am, uh, I still have this burden to write this book on my heart. My For those of you who know my wife, my wife has some 
some lifelong health issues, uh, psoriatic arthritis and some other pains that she deals with on a daily basis. And as any spouse would be, I'm moved to mm-hmm. do anything I can to give her some relief, always keeping that in prayer, always, uh, always uh, trying to be helpful where I can be. Mm-hmm. And so I had started, um, I have a, a devotion to Blessed John Paul I. Blessed John uh, Paul I. Mm-hmm. I know everybody's very familiar with St. John Paul II, but I have a very uh, dear friendship with uh, Blessed John Paul Beautiful. I Beautiful. I love it. Yeah, and so he had just, uh, he had just been named Blessed, and if, as our audience knows, you need another miracle. If you're going to get to the next stage, right. you need another miracle. Yeah. So I went to Blessed John Paul I, and I said, okay, look, my wife needs a healing, and you need to go from blessed to saint. So let me, let's, let's help each other out. How about if I uh, ask for your intercession and I keep track every day? And, and I did. I started asking for his intercession for the healing of my wife and I noted it on my text to mm. myself every single day. Awesome. Ask John, blessed John Paul I for his intercession for the healing of my wife day one, day two, day three, so on and so forth. Month after month, I got to day 522. Wow. 522. Beautiful. And I'm driving from my home to the office in the morning. This is when I would uh, pray my rosary and in in a particular way ask for his intercession. And I got to the point where I was asking for his intercession on day 522. And the response that I heard back in my spirit was, no. (laughs) 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 Ask me for something else. And I went, wow. What? Right. What do you mean, no? What's with that keep knocking thing, right? I'm knocking. Come on, over 500 days here. You could have told me this a little sooner. <laughs> yeah, and I'm noting it nearly every day. I mean, I've definitely kept track of the day I started, and I've got hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. of texts to myself, keeping up with how many days I've been asking him. And he says, no, ask me for something else. And I argued for just a second, and then I thought, well, okay, I'll ask him for something else. He says, okay, help me with my book. I've had this on my heart and mind for eight years. Help me construct this book. I need to at least get it off my to-do list. It's Mm -hmm. a burden on my heart, and I need to just write it. Did that come to mind right away, Dave? It did. did. Okay. It did. Awesome. And I I wrote that book. I wrote the entirety of the book. So I'd I'd written two or three stories, and it consists of 26 stories. Within the next 60 days, I had written the entire thing. I I knew from story to story the one I was supposed to tell, and how it was supposed to be constructed, and it just flowed for the. I don't even took. I don't think it took sixty days, but it was just day after day. I had a new story, I had a new idea, and I knew that it was through his intercession. Now, after he had, after I had done that and asked him for something else, as he had instructed in my spirit, not that I heard his voice. Let me be clear, but I knew that I was supposed to ask him for something else. Mm-hmm. Once I had asked him to help me with the book. I knew I was supposed to ask someone else to help uh, to intercede on behalf of my wife, mm. and I knew almost immediately that that was supposed to be Mother Angelica. So I asked wow. Mother Angelica to intercede on some health issues that Eileen was going through, and within 14 days we had an answer in a very positive way, greater than anything we could have asked or imagined for something that we had been praying for for years. That's amazing. 
Let me ask you a question, Dave, in that moment, as you were interceding, of course, I love how you describe the personalization, your personal kind of connection to saints. And there's a lot that could be said about this. Some is that, you know, we do choose them, but I've heard more often they kind of choose us. But with this shift to Mother Angelica, I just, I I have a smile on my face because I want to ask you the question. You knew her personally. Did you at times almost hear her voice? Could you hear her quote unquote responses to you in any regard? Oh, now, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely now. And some, look, Mother Angelica and I have had, had a relationship for many, many, many years. I, I was in the order for men there, discerning the call to the priesthood mm. for a couple of years, and so we had a relationship through that. She invited me to, uh, I ran her camera for Mother Angelica Live mm-hmm. for many years, and then she invited me to uh, be involved in Catholic radio, and then really run the first EWTN-affiliated station. So we had this very personal relationship going back and forth, and it wasn't always positive, <laughs> as in any relationship. Right, right. With a saintly know, person, right? In particular. It was very real, yes. yeah. yeah. There were times when she loved on me and was very kind to me and uh, gave a lot of attention and that kind of thing. And then there were times when she would correct me, and... Um, there was a time, if I could, <laughs> I'll tell this one real quickly. There was a time I attempted to um, correct her when I had just gone in, and it was Friar for a very short period of time. And uh, uh, John Paul Getty III, <laughs> this is 1988, so the very beginning of EWTN, and a very small, a couple hundred thousand, or maybe a couple million homes, but, but nothing like it is now. And word got out that John Paul Getty III was coming to EWTN. Very, very wealthy family, of course. Okay. So um, all, this, uh, all this excitement going around that, you know, the family is coming, uh, a donation from them could change the trajectory of EWTN in such powerful ways. And there, was all of these, uh, there were all these plans put in place to entertain him, to kind of roll out the red carpet, both figuratively and, and literally, uh, for, his, uh, for, for the family's mm-hmm. um, visit to EWTN. And I went to Mother as this very young, uh, 21-year-old, um, uh, just getting involved in, uh, <laughs> in religious life, really, in my walk with the Lord. And I said to her, and I always loved the Scriptures, so I said to her, I said, Mother, I'm reading the Scriptures, and... This idea of rolling out the red carpet for someone who can give us a lot of money seems uh, to contradict <laughs> what the Scripture <laughs> says. Are we doing this with poor people, too? And uh, she, <laughs> she kind of, uh, yeah, didn't take that very nicely. Can you and, imitate uh, her? I kind of picture uh, her smacking you, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, the look. Whacking I your head. I the look, and, and I'm, I'm, scared, I'm scared to even bring it back to my mind yes, today. Yes. <laughs> you start shaking. Healing of memories. We well, I, I almost yeah. picture the 1993 moment after the World Youth Day, and she took to the yeah. airwaves, I'm done. I am yeah. sick. I am fed up. <laughs> and I can pick with delight, with joy, yes, right? And we, yes. we need a mother, especially when you read Raymond Arroyo's book and you hear her story that this is not somebody who came out of the womb with, with angel wings and a halo overhead. I mean, I think the first time she got inebriated was at her grandparents' pub, age nine or yeah. something. I mean, she's very, very human. Oh, very human and so fabulous, mm. so real, mm. you know, so fl- just flesh and bone. And not afraid to say, you know what, I didn't get that one right. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. you know, but, but what I love most about her and the stories that I try to tell, 
are is this immense faith in a person who was very real about their own struggles. <laughs> but none of that ever interrupted her ability to stand in faith. She mm. walked with the Lord. You, you talk about, do I hear her voice? You know, the intimacy that I feel mm-hmm. in my relationship with Blessed John Paul I or with Mother Angelica or St. John Bosco or King David, the, the people that I walk with, the heavenly uh, mm-hmm. the heavenly saints that I get to walk with on a daily basis, is nothing compared to what I saw her, the intimacy that I saw with her regarding the Lord. Mm-hmm. There was never a question about whether the Lord would show up. There was never even, there never seemed to be any hesitation whatsoever about the idea that the Lord was going to come through. And she didn't need to dictate how that was going to be. Uh, she, didn't in, she didn't need to be right in the interpretation. She just knew that he would show up. Yeah. And just to watch that on display time after time, one of the stories I tell is I, I pretty quickly began running camera for Mother Angelica Live, and I was assigned to run Mother Angelica's camera. You had four or five people operating cameras. Mm-hmm. I operated the one that Mother Angelica looked at. And so if she was addressing the audience, she was looking at my camera. And the reason that I was assigned to that camera is because it didn't move, and I had no talent to do that. (laughs) Oh, you're being humble. They put the one who couldn't do all the (laughs) swinging around, get crowd shots and all that, but because of my lack of ability, I got Mother Angelica's camera. So one morning, uh, I'm sorry, one evening before Mother Angelica Live, we always prayed. She would gather the entire staff together and pray before the light went on and before the program began. And so we all gathered for prayer, and uh, Mother Angelica, as she's walking away after the prayer is over, someone asked her, what are you talking about tonight? You know, an obvious question, mm-hmm, what's mm-hmm. the topic for tonight? And she said, well, how would I know? The Lord hasn't told me yet. <laughs> <laughs> thought, with seconds to go for the show, right? With, That's awesome. Literally, with, That's with a awesome. minute or two before we go to air, and here I am, really new in my relationship with the Lord, really trying to understand how all this works. Mm. And I'm going to my camera thinking, this is going to be a train wreck. Mm. We're about to go live in two minutes. She doesn't have a clue what she's going to talk about tonight. Mm. When the light goes on, I can't wait to see what unfolds. Mm. It's just crazy. So I get behind my camera, and I'm anticipating this catastrophe. And the light goes on, and I swear her countenance changes before my eyes, Mm. and she comes forward with the most beautiful exhortation toward the love of Christ Mm. and the mercy of Christ, Mm. and using scripture, using her personal stories, her personal testimony, and I was changed forever. Mm. I thought, oh my goodness, this is what it is is Mm -hmm. to believe in the Lord God. This Mm -hmm. is what it is to have the Spirit stirred up within you. And the thing that came to me is what they said about Jesus. He's different. He teaches with authority, not mm. like the scribes and Pharisees. Mother taught with authority. She had absolute confidence mm. that the Lord was going to use her to speak when he wanted her to speak and say exactly what he wanted her to say, and she had no anxiety wrapped around that at all. That was 
that was noticeable in any way. That's amazing. You know, first of all, I have to say I'm so grateful to note that with your new studio not far from us, when Stephanie and I come and visit, that you're going to roll the red carpet out for us. I'm really grateful that uh, you have that sensibility. Because <laughs> we're on the other Teasing. <laughs> um, I keep an actual physical red carpet just for that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so no, that's beautiful. Uh, I want to ask a question because you were close to her and you experienced, if you will, uh, her connection to God that, that uh, I'm I'm imagining this, right? I'm imagining that day in and day out at, you know, if you will, at her feet and the struggle and the rub and all that. But somebody whose heart was attuned to God through the struggle and stuff of life. So a simple question, how did she pray? How did she teach you how to pray? How did she teach you how hearts can authentically be attuned to the heart of the Father? Mm, gosh, that's, that's a fabulous question. And, and with Mother Angelica, it's so appropriate that it happened during this time and place as well, because it was everything was centered around the Eucharist, mm. Jesus, right. and the Eucharist was the center of her life physically, because the chapel sat right in the middle of the monastery, but it also was the center of her life in every other way. Um, and so that first and foremost, just this love, adoration, connectedness to the Eucharist, Jesus truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, mm. as someone that she walked with. So not something that, uh, you know, she walked by on occasion or even visited on occasion, uh, but Jesus in the flesh, someone that she had a real intimate uh, relationship with, mm -hmm. first and foremost. But then, now, so this goes back to 1987, 88, 89, and, and then going forward. During that time, uh, Mother Angelica's community and the community of friars, to which I belong, um, were charismatic, mm -hmm. and so I was introduced by Mother Angelica to the charismatic gifts, to um, to being sensitive to what the Holy Spirit was saying, prophecy, healing, um, praying over people, praying in tongues. All of that um, was is a spiritual gift that I was given mm -hmm. uh, through my relationship with Mother Angelica, uh, really by watching her and being moved to want exactly what she had, and I think a lot of her sensitivities flowed from the idea that that was her spiritual life. I'm going to pause you on that and, and maybe go a little deeper, because I think in this day and age, the Holy Spirit is definitely speaking as throughout all of history, yes, but the circumstances, the crises, I, I like to say without friction, our faith is fiction. One of the key dividing lines, unfortunately, has been, uh, I'll call it adjectival Catholicism. What do I mean by that? Those who want to reduce Catholic to uh, traditional Catholic, charismatic Catholic, as opposed to what is revealed in the magisterium to be true? And everything you just spoke of, I want to punctuate this, and beautifully revealed in Mother Angelica, God revealed in His Son, Jesus Christ, and through His Church, these charismatic gifts that we're all called by virtue of our Catholic faith to be open to, and certainly flowing from streams of living water, the sacramental graces. And what I love about Mother Angelica, is she was a, she was a, I don't want to say a synthesis of fullness, but she had deep conviction in the revelation of Christ in our Catholic faith, in all the moral teachings, in a traditional um, uh, faith. And from that overflowed this mindfulness that we're called to be God's grace to the world. And that must have, I want to ask you the question, you, your book is, you know, um, Faith Over Fear. Is there not a 
kind of fear among many of us today in our faith lives to, to be limited in our prayer to just if you will wrote prayer, which is powerful. It's it's the tradition of our church. At one point, it was a prayer and from essential. our and essential. Absolutely, mm-hmm. the, I mean, obviously, the Our Father, Hail Mary, the Mass itself. But there's a dimension of that that's very deeply shall we say, personal, um, experiential. Uh, It's not defined by whether or not we experience something, but how did you maybe in those years kind of stretch and lean into this realm of anchored in that faith and uh, maybe foray into the spiritual aspect? Does that make sense, the supernatural aspect? Yeah, Yeah, and I I think, again, for me, it was example, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm watching her. And she really is the one instructing all of us in that. And I'm, I have to say, um, and m- the book lays this out pretty clearly, I met, I met Mother not long after I met the Lord. Mm. I met the Lord in December of 1987, and I met Mother Angelica in January of 1988. Wow. So literally just separated by a month or so. And within a few months, I'm in the monastery, wow. <laughs> um, and, which would not normally be done, but Mother Angelica allowed me to do it. And I'm literally learning Christianity and Catholicism Amazing. at the feet of Mother Angelica as an absolute blank slate. So I'm not only learning the written prayers uh, for the first time, I'm learning <clears throat> the intimate prayer life with her for the mm. first time. So I'm learning them kind of hand in hand. So I see the benefit of both. I see absolutely the benefit of formal prayer, both in community and alone, where you're reading the scriptures, where you're reading uh, prayers that had written been written by someone else, which is them praying ex- extemporaneously, I would guess, mm-hmm, at some mm-hmm, point. Right. Um, and so we're just taking those beautiful prayers and making them our own, which is fabulous. But I also saw the the benefit that she derived from this personal, intimate prayer that were that was her own words, but at times were no words at all, which were groanings that mm. you know came forth from the spirit, and only the spirit knew what the need was at that point. And so, mm-hmm. um, I was benefited with growing up with that from the very beginning of my of my walk, and I use both. I love formal prayer, absolutely, mm-hmm. but boy, I could not imagine my life without those moments where it's just me and the Lord conversing in a more intimate way, in a more intimate setting, uh, sometimes using words, sometimes not using any words, and sometimes using words that I don't understand, but I know that the Spirit is bringing forth because He knows what my need is. Mm, And what a wonderful thing to be able to go to when I'm praying with someone, you know, when I don't know what the Mm -hmm. Lord is saying. Sometimes He speaks clearly and says, this is what I want for this person, or this is what I want you to pray. Other times he doesn't say anything, and so five hundred days later, right? Five hundred twenty-two. Five hundred twenty-two days later. That's right. And so, but it's such a wonderful gift to know that the spirit is one hundred percent aware of what the need is, and just to allow him to come forward in that way. Awesome example, example, example. We can't underscore highlight that enough, right? I mean, just. Gosh, the impact and how the Lord desires to use that. I'm going to um, go off on my typical little Stephanie tangent and jump way back to the beginning um, when we started talking and when you sh- first shared, you know, your your love of and relationship with John Paul the first. Of course, we know him as the smiling Pope. So yeah. I'm like, yes, because 
I mean, Dave, I'm just going to say it, your joy and your <laughs> smile. Like, I'm like, of course, they're friends, right? And then as you switched, mm. and obviously knowing your special relationship with Mother Angelica, um, surpassing her feistiness was her joy, right? And uh, yeah. and just her smile also, right? So I'm like, okay, of course. And um, just that just brought delight to my heart thinking of that and how um, the Lord kind of pulls that together. And then you mentioned Don Bosco and um, our son Dominic has great love for him also and has a beautiful print in his bedroom. And it's this beautiful smiling saint also. And then, of course, King David and his Psalms of great joy. And so I just, not that you need my affirmation <laughs> or yes, you you got the right team on your side. Um, but I just just want to proclaim how good the Lord is in that and, and pulling pulling you guys together. And we know one day it'll be a different St. David up there of, of the joy. Um, you had mentioned, you know, coming to Mother Angelica, Dave, and such. Do you want to give us a, a, a brief little um, portrait of uh, where you were born, what your family was like, yeah. you know, just your, your initial walk toward the Lord because he was in it from the beginning, we know. Absolutely. I'm born and raised in a Catholic family by two devoted uh, Catholic parents, um, seven children in my family. My father, a, a truck driver, worked very, very hard. And mm. um, unfortunately, we lost him when uh, when I was just ten years old. Wow! And so that's 1977. And for those of you who are old enough to remember, that was a very kind of difficult economic time mm-hmm. in our country as well. Yes. So he had been laid off and no life insurance, sold the life insurance policy to keep the family going Mm. at one point. And so my mother was left uh, with seven children at home and one foster child, in fact. So eight eight in the household at the time of my father's death without any real income, and my mother had been a stay-at-home mother. So Mm. um, it was uh, was a very difficult situation, lots of great family support, community support, and uh, my mother being willing to do whatever it took to take care of our family got us through, but it was very, very difficult times, and um, I made some horrible decisions as I got older and got involved in some things that I shouldn't have gotten involved in, and it really took me to a time of great depression and despair, Mm. um, including one particular uh, story that I tell in the book of um, literally being visited uh, by a demon that 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 definitely um, after a, a night of uh, well I just say it I say it in the in the book so I'll say it, after a night of drug use and and doing some things again that I should not have been mm-hmm. involved in having an encounter that set me uh, spinning for years and years mm-hmm. um, with uh, severe depression and anxiety and uh, just lack of hope in any mm-hmm. way. And then on December, so that started when I was you know, 15, maybe 15 years mm. old. Um, so it went on for a number of years, six years. And then um, when I was 21, December 8th, 1987, not, uh, uh, not someone who was interested in faith at all, but my mother encouraged me to go to uh, church at noon on December 8, 1987, on the Ma- Feast of the Immaculate Conception, mm-hmm. and asked the Lord for a favor. And mm. So I did, and it completely changed my life. That's I went beautiful. to Our Lady and asked her to introduce me to her son, which she did mm. that day. 
and uh, I've been walking with him ever since. And so miraculous intervention Beautiful. that led to an absolute 180 in my life, living in Columbus, Ohio at that point, but went down to Birmingham from there, and that set the course for the rest of my life. Again, that's December 8, 1987. Wow. In February of 1988, I was brought into the Order for Men uh, with Mother Angelica. Wow. I spent the next two years at her feet learning everything about Christianity and Catholicism and life with God. So, so David, i got to back this up a second. In that story, it's equivalent to you saying you went out for a little drive and went by this place called Niagara Falls, and then the next you stopped at the uh, local restaurant. And go, no, pause, time <laughs> out. Read the book, One right? of the wonders of the world, right? Uh, and I'm using the analogy to say, you met Jesus Christ. How many people are, if you will, as you hear it, catechized or sacramentalized, but haven't encountered Jesus Christ? And you've been around, you, you grew up in a Catholic family just as much as you can. And for any, any who are listening, grandparents, parents, children who've navigated through the waters where it seemed like the furniture, a comfort level, yeah, okay, Jesus, that little golden box up there. What, as best as you can share, distinctively happened that was different for you? Mm. Well, we uh, I, first I would say this, that after the passing of my father, we actually as a family walked away from the practice of our faith. So from 12 years on, 12 years old forward, I really mm. didn't have any connection to the faith. But there was one piece that always remained and something that I was familiar with. Uh, again, my father having passed away, my mother took over the, the management of the home. She was the go-to person. Mm. She was the one that we all counted on. And so I had, it was somewhat easy for me to retain a relationship with Mary, the mother of mm -hmm. Jesus. And I could understand the motherly role. I could understand the motherly concern, that strength. And so I think it was that one piece from my childhood that kind of got retained. And when it was time to go in and uh, ask for a particular favor, I had to go through the only one that I was familiar with. <laughs> so right. I went to Mary and said, Mary, introduce me to Jesus. Mm. And it was that personal encounter. But I do think that going through the sacraments earlier, I made it through, you know, baptism, of course, First Communion, confession, even confirmation. And I think that, uh, that those graces that had been implanted in me, one, I would say this, and I, I would think that there's, this will strike a familiar chord with many. While I was doing the things that I should not have been doing after that time, uh, through my junior high years, particularly through my high school years, and a little bit beyond, there was always a pang of conscience in mm. it. I remember being with my friends and, and, and doing, we were all doing the same thing. And I think, why are you guys so comfortable with this? Mm. Right. This makes me very uncomfortable, even mm. though I'm doing it, even though I'm choosing to do the wrong thing, there's something in me that just keeps clawing at me mm. that keeps, and, and it has to be the grace of those sacraments, mm -hmm. you know? And so I, I, th I look at December 8th, 1987, yes, as the day that all of that grace that was given during those sacraments comes to life and is stirred up in me, mm -hmm. but it's a stirring up of something that had been there because my parents had been faithful to uh, to take me through those uh, through those sacraments to get me ready for the rest of my life. That's and I, That's I've, I've clung to that with my with my own children. You know, raise up a child in the way that they should go, and in their old age they won't depart mm -hmm. from it. Be faithful if you're faithful to do the things that we're supposed to do, even if the children take a left or a right or, 
You know, there, <sighs> the Lord has promised that if we're faithful to our to our part of it, He'll be faithful to His. So. Amen. And I found that faithfulness on December eighth, nineteen eighty seven, and I do believe that it was a uh, answer to my parents' faithfulness in the early years to to bring us through those sacraments and get us ready for the rest of our lives. Absolutely absolutely beautiful. I just want to say to our audience right now, you're tuned in to Ignite Radio Live. Very blessed. Our guest is the president of Annunciation Radio, David Vacheras. We're talking about his book, Faith Over Fear, really some powerful stories from his life that I think make Christ present as he shares it. And you can find it at AnnunciationRadio.com. Scroll down. You can find it at Barnes & Noble many places. Just look up Faith Over Fear. I do want to say in this moment right now, as you just shared that, Dave, we sometimes fall short of going vertical. I had a sense as you were speaking that the Lord may be saying to many of us listening right now, many of us who have been maybe faithful mass goers, uh, praying the rosary, doing novenas, etc. On this side of things, it's always going to be deficient. So let me just start there. God allows us a kind of poverty always so we go to him for provision. But what a beautiful prayer to say, Mary, show me your son. Mm-hmm. That that simple prayer that the bright spotlight from heaven, you know, maybe cast a light on each of us in this very moment, wherever God finds us. And brothers and sisters, let's just together as we're approaching Lent, but even this day, Mary, show me your son. Show me the depths of him and who I am in him all the more. Reveal to me. Cast the shadows out of my mind and my heart and my memory and my imagination. I just give you permission to breathe that new life through me and to encounter him in a new, personal, deeper, authentic way. Amen. Amen. Greg, when you, I thought, I keep hearing in in my heart, you, when you introduce or refer to Dave, I'm wanting you to like, call his name out like you would announce a football player coming out into the field. So if you could just do that <laughs> Number for me. Number 27, Dave Vacherez. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Why were you thinking I that? Because no the uh, Super Bowl this past weekend? Oh gosh, or? we're not going to talk about yeah. that. But no, no, just like, I don't know. Like, I feel like you're on the field and cheer- people are cheering for you. And it's just a fun name to say also, but Greg does it well. But yes, yeah, so. Isn't the message go. also, as you're sharing this, people may think, oh, he's president of Annunciation radio or greg and staff right they're whatever married family into this ministry folks don't miss that we navigated through brokenness in the past Mm -hmm. and we've got our own realms of brokenness in the present and it's going to continue in the future so if you're thinking well that's for them well you are them Jesus entered into an existence of people like us we're with you you know we may differ in you know core faith, Catholic faith, or politics and its application and everything else. But in its very essence, we're all deeply mm-hmm. in need of knowing Jesus Christ and discovering him in our story. And uh, and by the way, you know, I just want to ask you this question, Dave. As you think back over that life of, shall we say, being lost and misguided, can you look back now through the lens of Christ, the Father's eyes, and see him present in those oh, moments? Yeah, absolutely. Tell absolutely. us about that. again. You know, as we said at the beginning of the show, you know, I I could not have written a better script for my own life. I'm so thankful for all of it. I would not change a single chapter, not a single sentence, not a single letter in my script. Uh, Uh, I see my early life as being um, fuel for uh, what the Lord has called me to do now, uh, that, that He has used all things for good. Uh, for me. And so I look back at those. They were struggles. They definitely were bad decisions on my part, but God even used those 
as blessings in my life later, and an ability to bless others because I had some familiarity, some understanding of how deeply a person can fall. I knew how far away from the Lord I was, and by my own choice, and the only thing that brought me back was his miraculous intervention, that I had no inclination on my own to do anything than to continue in destructive behavior and most likely end up dead, probably pretty quickly uh, mm-hmm. to that point in time in uh, December 8, 1987. So um, the, the trajectory of my life was pretty clear, was pretty plain uh, to see without God's intervention. And so I go through my life and I encounter people who are struggling. And the one thing I have to say is I have a pretty good recollection of what that's like. And so I, and, mm-hmm. and what, you know, the weaknesses that take us there and my own ability to be there at one point in my life and to return there in, in, in half a millisecond if it wasn't for the grace of God now. And so um, it, it has given me the ability to minister to people who are in difficult situations without any judgment at all. Mm-hmm. I have one desire, one desire for myself, one desire for my wife, one desire for my family, one desire for each and every person made in the image and likeness of God and that is the Father's desire that all be saved and come mm-hmm. to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. That's it. I have no other agenda. I have no other hope. I have no other priorities. I just don't have them. Mm-hmm. I, I want salvation uh, for as many yes. people as possible, and whatever, whatever role I can play in that, I am happy to play it. I'm absolutely convinced that I don't have uh, the luxury of being able to have enemies or anyone on any other side I know that there are either servants of Christ, those who belong to him, or victims of the enemy, and that is the only two camps that exist in our world. Mm. My only enemy is the evil one, and my the only one I serve is the Lord. Mm. And I think uh, we have a great opportunity where we're at today, where sin abounds, grace abounds mm-hmm. all the more. We seem to, we tend to concentrate on that sin abounding. I just would rather prefer... Uh, to concentrate on that uh, grace abounding even Even more more, and take advantage of it when things are dark man this is our super bowl you talk Mm, about football this this is our big day see Uh, not that we we rejoice in the sin but we rejoice in the fact that because of it there is additional grace around us and we ought to be moving with power and and, uh, continuing to um, preach the gospel in a way that attracts people uh, to salvation. Amen. 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 That's awesome. Thank you for all of that. And I, I just the word empathy, of course, and what you're describing initially, right? What a gift that is and how needed that is in the world. Empathy, 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 mm-hmm. and how the Lord uses that. And then obviously the word hope, right? The, the great um, gift that that shines uh, through your story and those listening. And um, what an encouragement, um, of grace-filled words uh, that you just shared, Dave. And it, I, I feel like we could play that over and over. There's, there you go. There's a great sound bite for Annunciation yeah. Radio, Dave. Um, do you, different question real quick, have a favorite story that you wrote in your book? And maybe even more importantly, does your beautiful wife Eileen have a favorite story that you shared in your book? Yeah, this one kind of impacted us both, not kind of, very much impacted both of us. So I I would have to ask her, but I, I bet we would settle on this one. I was working at EWTN radio, shortwave radio. So this is 19, I went to, a, uh, that started in December of 1992. 
And so um, Mother did ask that I become a part of that team, which I did. And then I, I stayed with their shortwave broadcast, which was based out of uh, Alabama, not far from EWTN's main campus. And then at some point, Mother Angelica uh, decided to take the programming that she was putting on shortwave radio, which was going all over the world, having a tremendous impact. She said to everybody in the United States of America, if you want to go buy an AM or FM radio station, I'll give you the programming for free to put mm -hmm. on it. That's awesome. So the very <laughs> first one to come up with this idea was a group out in, uh, in Nevada, uh, near Reno, Lake Tahoe, uh, California area. And so this man and his son came to visit us because they were going to buy and uh, they were going to buy the very first station to do this, an AM station in Reno, Nevada. And uh, they had made plans. They had made provision. They began making, uh, raising the money. Uh, they agreed to buy a station and they were making regular visits to EWTN to see how to set all of this up mm -hmm. to get the programming. So got to know him, got to know his son. And right as they were getting ready to go on the air, about um, 30 days removed from the time they were going on the air, this man calls EWTN and he says, you know, I'm a builder out in California. My, my plan was for my son to run the station, but he has now just informed me he's going into the seminary. So I need someone to come and run the station. Do you know anybody? And so uh, Mother was asked this question, and she recommended me. So that's how I got started on the AM-FM radio side. So I have this opportunity to go out to Reno, and I'm struggling with it. And I'm still in, in Alabama working at the shortwave radio station, which was located on top of a 2,000-foot-high miner's mountain outside mm. Birmingham. So you kind of came down a very curvy road to get back down to uh, basically mainland from the, from the mountain. So I'm coming down that road, very curvy, uh, and you really have to pay close attention. And I'm trying, I'm thinking about this opportunity, but have not yet committed to it out in, uh, out in Nevada. And I sense the Lord say to me, as I'm coming up on one of these really uh, dangerous curves, aren't you going to slow down? Mm. And I thought, well, no, I'm, I'm going at a speed that, mm. that, that I'm comfortable with. And as the conversation continues, I, I sense him say to me, aren't you going to stop the car and get out and make sure that this road continues on the other side of the mountain that you can't see? Mm. And I thought, no, Lord, I, I've been down this road many times. I mean, I'm very comfortable with continuing on down this road. And in fact, even if I'd never been down it before, I would be comfortable with the idea that the road continues on the other side of the mountain that I mm. can't see. Mm. And the Lord said to me, you trust this road and those who built it more than you trust me. Ooh. Every time I ask you to do something that you can't see the other side of, you stop. Mm. You want to get out, inspect the thing, make sure that you have clear vision before you will move forward at all. I repented <laughs> quickly. Mm. I took the job in Nevada, Amazing. and I said to the Lord, I will never, ever do that again. I trust you. I absolutely wow. trust you to be the, the faithful road builder of my life, and he always has been. And I've tried to uh, be sensitive each time he asks me to do something, to do it and to do it quickly and not hesitate and get out and, and check to see if the road continues on the other side. But the acceptance of that position is what later led to you know, running the various Catholic radio groups, mm -hmm. which led to running EWTN radio for a number of years, and which ultimately led to me being here at Annunciation Radio doing the same. It's been my life's mm -hmm. work 
All Love divine mic that. drops. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's an idea for another show for you, Dave. Car Talk, Catholic Edition. Yeah. Isn't it amazing yeah. how often the yeah. Lord talks to us in the in the quiet yeah. of our cars? Um, oh, amen to that. I love it. And I just, I have to say on a, on a personal note, um, just again reminiscing, I used to listen to EWTN on shortwave radio. So that was, no, that wow. was you. Yeah. In fact, that was um, me. Yeah. yes. And so years and years and years, not to uh, date us both here, but yeah. forever ago, it seems. In fact, one of the things, one of our wedding gifts that I was most mm. excited about was my brother, Michael, my oldest brother, uh, gave us a shortwave radio and, oh, nice. and we would listen in our kitchen. And in fact, I remember at one point, uh, another story for another time, longer edition, but um, very pregnant with baby number three and cleaning up um, whatever meal in the kitchen and listening mm-hmm. to the World Youth Day and John Paul II and just the dearness of it and the baby inside of me going crazy. And of course, John Paul II is very easy to fall in love with over and over and over again, in particular at these World Youth Days as he's interacting with the young people. And that was kind of when we felt the Lord saying this baby, his name, and we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl, but that was our, through shortwave radio, Dave, mm. we named our son, yeah. you know, hearing that. But. So as we're coming in for a landing, as always, I think we could then talk uh, much longer. But folks, I do encourage you to just partner with Annunciation Radio yes. in this great work. And you, you hear the voice, really, of one who's taken it to a whole new level. We're so grateful for the founders of Annunciation Radio. We can mention so many. Um, but in this particular moment, it's a prophetic moment. And I think for a prophetic moment, there needs to be a prophetic voice. And uh, in this region, really, five stations, Annunciation Radio is communicating the gospel even if people don't even hear it there's kind of a a, a grace-filled sacramental quality unseen as these waves are Absolutely. covering the land like god's grace is covering the land and what a blessing to be part of that team if you will and trying to be uh, attuned to the heart of the father and being honest about our difficulties and challenges and so i think what you're about dave as you've communicated is all of that humanity making god known the word made flesh wanting to avail to that just want to ask you a question kind of giving you the final word here what is your sense as president of annunciation radio kind of give us a sense of what is this prophetic moment for us in this holy toledo area yeah i i i sense the lord giving an opportunity look i i think one i would look back historically and say this if you look through the scriptures, if you look through the history of the church, what we tend to do as uh, as a community here in the United States is look out at what, I'll just say it this way, the pagans, the unbelievers are doing, mm. and we're shocked by it, and we assume that the difficulties that are were being visited uh, that are being visited upon us are a result of their bad behavior. But I will tell you, historically speaking, that these kinds of difficulties don't come forward to punish pagans. They come forward to correct the church. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be aware that what the Lord is doing is calling us, those of us who believe, to a higher place, mm-hmm. to be separated from the chaos of the world so that we can keep our eyes on the salvation that Jesus is offering yeah. to everyone, particularly during the most difficult times, particularly when things get darker, mm-hmm. so that we don't lose our focus. And if we will humble ourselves, again, not the unbelievers, the believers, if we will humble Mm -hmm. ourselves, then we know that the Lord will turn and heal our land. But it's always a correction of the church. And so I try to make sure that I'm aware uh, that I'm not called to be a part of this world, that I'm not called to be 
filled with anxiety or fear based on what the world is doing. As Jesus says, you know, there's going to be tribulation in the world, but fear not. I have overcome the world. So he who is in us is stronger than he who is in the world. We have this golden opportunity to minister the gospel to people who need it so badly. I used to do a lot of men's conferences, and one thing I would always say is, are more people saved during a, a good economy or a bad economy? And the answer is, I don't know, but God knows. Mm-hmm. You know, are more people saved when we have a godly president or we have a, a president who seems to be attacking uh, the church and the faith? I don't know, but God knows. I don't want to be cursing that thing that God is using to bring about uh, salvation for the optimum number of people. So I tend to stay away from getting too fretful about what's mm-hmm. going on in the, in the world because I'm cognizant of the fact that God can use that to bring some people into relationship with him, which is the ultimate priority mm. and in fact the only priority. I love so that. I see it I see it as fabulous, fantastic. Mm. I wouldn't want to be alive in any other time than right now. Mm, I love Ooh. that. I love that and, and it um, resounds with Gandalf's words to uh, Bilbo uh, Frodo, I should say about Gollum, don't be too ready to get rid. He may, he still may have a purpose to serve yet in our lives. So we may think about Sam Smith and the Grammys. We may think about a lot of the battles going on around us with regard to transgenderism. But if we can go deeper, if we can look to their hearts and see that God made them for a fulfillment that can only happen with him, and giving God the final word, you set this up and just punctuate it. I just want to magnify it as we conclude here tonight, folks. From 2 Corinthians seven fourteen, from the word of God, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then... I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Again, folks, with David Vashres, president of Annunciation Radio, his book, Faith Over Fear. You can find it at AnnunciationRadio.com and uh, also Barnes & Noble and many other places. We really encourage you to uh, get that book and be blessed, especially as we look to Lent. And I think also as an occasion to ask the question for all of us, how has God been present in our story? Pray for the grace. Ask the Blessed Mother to lead us to the heart of Christ and to illuminate for us how our journey to this point, God has had us in his arms and wants to take us all the deeper. Until next time, thank you so much, David. God bless you. We love you, brother, and uh, all of you out there. So blessed to be united with you in this journey. God bless.